This just came to me yesterday, so I still have to test it out. But it occurred to me that something isn't, can't be integrated into, the, into human consciousness until it has been articulated in language in a certain kind of way. There's people out there having very wild, leading-edge experiences, let's call it. You know, people doing, people having and exploring and experiencing life um, in, w in ways that have not been written, have not been prophesied, and have not yet been absorbed and understood and metabolized by the culture. In a way, we could understand religion as that. Somebody has some experience and testifies to it, and then begins a process of kind of trying to move through and assimilate this experience. That's, that's what Islam is. And integrate it and transmit it. Yeah, and, and figure out how to live with it then. So there's revealed experience that then becomes metabolized. Mm -hmm. But it struck me, I'm not, I can't, it only came to me yesterday, so like I said, I still have to test this out. I've been thinking a lot about free verse, quote unquote, basically what the modernists gave us. They freed, they freed poetry from the syllabics and the sort of prosodiacal restrictions that had defined verse as verse in the past. And what that did then was made the measure of the poetic line, the breath. And, the, and it also made it, if I may, idiosyncratic. Exactly. That's the, that's the freedom. That's the liberating thing is then it became very idiosyncratic and really you could do whatever you want. You could do whatever you wanted and that, that's weird and it can be very difficult and you don't, it's actually, it looks a lot easier than it is to or, figure out how to inhabit that line. But that line, what the line then is pressing out against, what the line becomes after modernism, if you truly enter and like assume the burden and assume the mantle of what free verse, what it means, what it's giving you, is your own, the measure of your own breath and body, plus your experience, plus the language itself, which of course none of us made, we're just borrowing for a while. It's pressing out against the outer edge, the outer limits of the universe. That's what it's doing. It's expand, it's the out, it has to be the edge, the very edge of your own being. And the degree to which you're capable of doing that clearly or doing it in a way that is felt so that, the, so that other people can enter that line too, you have pushed the leading edge of consciousness a little further out. That's what free verse is really doing. And it, for me, this is something that you know, I've only been sort of consciously thinking about relatively recently, this, this idea of what is free verse really, and what is it really doing, and why is it that it's a lot more difficult than it seems. Mm -hmm. It has something to do with inhabiting language, but really inhabiting your body, because you can't know how to measure it otherwise. It's just kind of abstract. And everybody cuts the line in a different way. Nobody does it the same. No two people do it the same. And, um, but instead of obeying the ancient rhythms, which are wonderful and amazing, amazing poetry is still being written that's very fresh and very present in traditional forms. So it's no diss on that. There's incredible work being done with that. But 
if you're really, really taking on what free verse is and doing it, it has to do with the edge of human consciousness and what at the edge of what can be said. You have to be at the very edge of what can be said, what can be articulated. And I just had this intuition that it may be that although there's wilder people out there, you know, having even more leading edge experiences and figuring out the nature of the universe somehow, or whether in their laboratories or, you know, on their Camino, things are happening to people all the time. Discoveries are being made all the time by people. But it, I think it might have to be put into language in this way for it to actually penetrate the consciousness of this planet. And until that happens, it, do, it doesn't move. The sort of consensus mm -hmm. doesn't expand. Mm -hmm. Well, and from a poetic point of view, like purely from a craft point of view, there's something really comforting for poets or for me about like inhabiting these older architectures of form like the iambic pentameter line. You know, it's there for you. It, it's, it holds you. And, you, and it, it has a melodic structure and it has a rhythmic pulse. And you can go ahead, it's like a mad lib. You go ahead and just like plug your content into it. And it's, so it's very, it's almost like freedom within structure. But the, the new kind of freedom of moving out of that is actually paradoxically a lot more challenging because then you have to make something that actually matches your body and matches the capacity of your own thought and your own breath. Like, you know, Whitman's famous long lines and his like long lung, capa exactly. lung capacity or, or Dickinson's stutter with all of her hyphens. And so like, how are you gonna actually like write your body and therefore create an idiosyncratic platform for your thoughts? Yeah, but I don't think it's something that you wanna tell people. <laughs> it's like, I'm really glad nobody was like, you have to figure out how to write your own body. And like, well, I would have been like, I don't fucking know. You know, it just has to happen. It, it's also paradoxically like, I'm like, no, don't tell people that because then they'll be like, I don't know. Ah, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't know. It's, it's, it's better. It's better to be in ballad meter or, you know, and just in, in, in the beautiful iambic qualities of English. It's an iambic language and and it's not well it's a mixture of an iambic and a trochaic language well yeah but it's i mean the original rhythmic structure of the english is trochaic like initially stress plat way garden and yardagum it has this like initial so how germanic it, quality how did it make that change french really uh, after after the norman conquest um, when French started to enter into language and we get all of these words like justice and independence, you know, all the abstract words that French brings into English. And then, of course, like all of the dramatic words like God and blood and meat. <laughs> you know. well, go back to this idea, though, about this question that we started with, what can poets do? And your idea about consciousness. Well, but like, poets are extending... It's the, it's the leading edge of consciousness because it's happening with and without intention. And even if it's partaking of experience, you know, lived experience, if it's about like the pizza you had last night or, you know what I mean? Th these things, it, it has to do with that. There's the verticality of the receiving and the horizontality of, 
of the poetic line of the poetic line that's extending forward into into chronology and into time the, this time space continuum. Um, I, I, but it's almost as though I mean maybe I didn't understand this correctly, but it's almost as though you were saying that when the poet writes the line and you know whatever right up to that leading edge of their own breath or consciousness or body that they're like literally like metabolizing that thought even if a prophet or someone had already had that thought or that idea that they're like metabolizing it into existence in the sense of connecting it to the cosmic consciousness that unites everything. Correct. It's like connecting it to the mainframe. So yeah, so somebody could be out in a cave, some yogi in a cave is having this, has had this experience. Maybe they had it a thousand years ago, but, but it has to, it has to find its way into that. It's it's like, it's got to go into the matrix somehow. Mm -hmm. And it, it it may be directly connected to that yogi a thousand years ago. You know what I mean? We don't know where this stuff comes from. It comes from somewhere. It comes from us and it comes from somewhere. And it's, you know, maybe comes from a lot of somewheres. Right. But somehow once it gets into the, into the mainframe, then other people can go in. Other people can go there. And what's exciting to me about the future is I really believe that a lot more people are going to have to be poets. And it's a very um, environmentally friendly art to practice. It's a lot harder than it seems. It's also a lot easier. Mm-hmm. All you need is a, a napkin and your own blood. Yeah, really. And like, a lot of people can do it really well There's because there's so many good ways. It can be good in so many ways. So it really doesn't have to be. It's, it's a truly, it's truly an art for the people. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what it feels like to be so freaked out that they really want to write a poem, including people who are barely literate. You don't even know have, have to know how to write to write poetry, actually. Mm-hmm. So you don't even need a napkin. Mm-hmm. As many of the shepherds have shown us. Yeah, and so it's just like, it's going to become really important because people are so cracked out and things are so weird and the envelopes of reality are changing all the time. It's just that what will expand consciousness is more people writing poetry because it if you just do a bunch of lsd you'll become a burnout you know if you just if you just work really hard you know getting the rocket to go to you know if you're working on whatever you're working on if you just crack yourself out working on that you're not necessarily your consciousness isn't necessarily getting the message of like what is really happening for that to metabolize that it has to it has to come out in it has to come back into language experience has to come back into language and the the language sort of carries us forward and we need everybody doing it